Hello, this is Susan Marie, and welcome to The Human Condition, a conversation with you based upon everyday observations that all of us experience made simple. You can catch these on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play Music, and by subscribing to my newsletter. Most things I speak of are linked for further study in the data section of the show. Carl Jung, psychoanalyst, coined the term shadow, which is the unconscious aspect of personality that the conscious ego does not identify or everything that a person is not fully conscious of. The shadow is the unknown side, the parts of ourselves we reject or remain ignorant of and are typically the least desirable aspects of our personality. This archetype, the shadow or shadow self, is everything outside the light of consciousness and it could be positive or negative. Everyone carries a shadow, and the less it is embodied in the individual's conscious life, the blacker and denser it is. Carl also stated the shadow to be the unknown dark side of the personality. According to Jung, the shadow, being instinctive and rational, is prone to psychological projection, in which a perceived personal inferiority is recognized as a perceived moral deficiency in someone else. For example, a coworker annoys the hell out of you and you cannot stand working with them. You wonder how they are even put on your shift. The both of you seem to be complete opposites. Your coworker's bossy, tries to tell you how to do your job. They are anxiety ridden and constantly over your shoulder, even though it's obvious you understand what you're doing and you don't need assistance, nor do you ever ask for it. However, your coworker also happens to be a wonderful human being, and this is only aspect of their personality that is annoying. You recognize that the both of you get along wonderfully and that they are not even conscious that they're behaving this way. Sometimes, because this person is not doing this on purpose, you might even feel a bit bad for feeling agitated. Now, facing the shadow self allows us to evaluate why this person is annoying us and to look within our own selves to see if we too harbor any of the behaviors of the person that is causing us anger. Most likely, the answer to that is a resounding yes. And I know, sometimes tough to swallow. However, this is a simple example of facing your shadow. The purpose of facing your shadow is to not project insecurities, anxieties, and behaviors onto others and to bring what is unconscious into the conscious mind so you can accept and love these parts of yourself. So you have control of these aspects of your personality. I mean, we are all human. We are not perfect. Perfection is a falsehood and not attainable. Humans are created to be fallible in order to progress. Jung writes that if these projections remain hidden, these projections insulate and harm individuals by acting as a constant thickening valve illusion between the ego and the real world. Today I wish to speak with you about the shadow self, facing the unconscious, understanding shadow work, and recognizing that regardless of what you discover, that you are indeed supremely worthy. Adriana Limbach, a meditation teacher at Mindful Meditation Studios in New York City, published Tea and Cake with Demons, A Buddhist Guide to Feeling Worthy. And in an interview with Sounds True, she speaks about practices that can open anyone to sitting down and becoming more familiar with their own difficult, painful feelings and what it means to be worthy and why challenges are invitations to practice. For example, our demons are pretty much what we find to be challenging emotionally or unintegrated aspects of our personality or anything that really comes to the forefront when we're feeling overwhelmed. In her interview, Andriana retells a story passed around in meditation and Buddhist circles, a story about Buddha where his opposite or enemy, Mara, the personification of self-doubt and ignorance, came into town. And all of the monks came running to alert Buddha saying, hey, Mara's in town, Mara's in town, what are we going to do? 
From here, the monks get into numerous strategies for how they're going to deal with the fact that the personification of self-doubt or ignorance or kind of like the big bad demon has come to town. So instead of dealing with the problem directly, the monks debate and discuss instead of confronting the issue. And this is what most of us do. Instead of facing parts of ourselves that are less favorable, we feel shame about it, try to hide it. We get offensive about it, deny it, or retreat and repress it. When what we must do is confront and accept these parts of ourselves, we tend to not deal with the negative aspects of our personalities. What Andriana shares is instead extend a sense of kindness, a sense of friendship to what it is that we don't sort of impulsively want. Not just a sense of tolerating, but a sense of accommodation like, okay, come on in. For example, one emotion that surfaces for me in the moments when I'm feeling most vulnerable and feeling overwhelmed is anger. And it's right there. I have to stifle anger quite a bit. And it's what I consider to be my most easily reachable demon because it doesn't feel good, but it feels really powerful in the short term. The anger is trying to show me parts of my own self that need assessment. So the next time I feel myself get angry, when I feel that emotion well up in my chest, I'm going to stop and ask myself, why am I angry? What am I angry at? Sometimes it may be rational anger in the form of boundaries being broken or abusive behavior, which is normal, and you should stand up for yourself. However, I'm talking about getting mad at things out of the blue that invite my shadow to come out and play without an invitation. Andriana continues and focuses on feeling worthy and unworthy by stating, I think the moment that you make a really audacious statement like, you are worthy, you are worthy just the way that you are without any extra bells and whistles, just by virtue of being human. You have inherent dignity and inherent worth. Just in writing that statement, you are worthy in just the way that you are invites self-doubt to the forefront. Because it's like, yes, I like that idea a lot. But what about this aspect of myself? And right there, that is facing the shadow self, what Carl Jung wants us all to do. So whatever we can do to catch ourselves in the act and really turn and look at our shadow instead of shoving that part of ourselves away, invite it in, face it, deal with it. Help that part of yourself to come out of the shadow and into the light. According to Jung's theory, we distance ourselves psychologically from those behaviors, emotions, and thoughts that we find dangerous. Rather than confront something that we don't like, our mind pretends it does not exist. And a few examples of common shadow behaviors include, one, a tendency to harshly judge others, two, pointing out one's own insecurities as flaws in another, which is projection, three, a quick temper with people in subordinate positions of power, four, frequently playing the victim in every situation, five, a willingness to step on others to achieve one's own ends, six, unacknowledged bias and prejudice, and seven, a messiah complex. Now, Mark Nepo, poet and philosopher, devotes his writing and teaching to the journey of inner transformation in the life of relationship. On Mark's website, he describes the life of expression as this. From an early age, we are taught to try hard to do our best, to give our all, which is necessary to accomplish things in the world. We try to get from here to there, from inexperience to experience, from apprenticeship to mastery. But just as we're clearing a path, we experience heartbreak and loss. Things don't go as planned. We are betrayed. Our trust is broken. We lose our way. And without warning, we're thrust into a life of transformation, which no one can escape. Now we're introduced to a different sense of effort that asks us to put down what we accumulate in order to discover beauty and wonder. As our inner life unfolds, we grow from ignorance to truth 
and from loneliness to love. This kind of work is necessary to join with the world. We clearly both need to accomplish things and to join with other life. While trying so hard to get from here to there leads to achievement and even excellence. Giving our all lets us grow like a root and blossom in the world wherever we are. Ultimately, the effort to grow inwardly is more life-giving than the effort to get. How we grow inwardly leads in time to meaning and grace, a journey we can't control but only enter. To make the most of being here, we're required to learn when to try and when to let go. This is our initiation into grace. The practice of being human centers on our effort to connect to all life and when in trouble, to make good use of our heart. No one quite knows how to do this, but we must learn how. Our life depends on this journey through the heart. There is no other way. By fully living the one life we're given, we're led to the wisdom that waits in our heart. And Mark believes that each soul has to discover and inhabit a personal form of expression, and that is utterly profound. Now, most of you will be thinking of the arts here with expression, but the arts is anything, really. Making dinners once a month for your friends is an art. Stamp collecting is an art. Gardening is an art. Anything you give your whole heart to and you can express is an art. And that is what exploration is about. Chances are, if you devote yourself to a wholehearted form of expression, chances are what comes out will be useful, maybe even beautiful, certainly substantial and strong. Human existence is a terrible, magnificent journey, and we can't get out of it. It's flawed. It's beautiful, and we can help each other through this by being expressive. And as Mark suggests, but that does not always mean being vocal. It is wholehearted presence, however and whenever that appears. Okay, now let's try a short meditation on being wholly present. Ready? Just look at whatever's in front of you. Give your full attention to it. Describe it as closely as you can without any intent of turning it into something magnificent or to have a deeper meaning. Just simply look at what's before you. What is calling to you? It could be a bird, a piece of driftwood, a pen. It could be a food wrapper that's blowing down the sidewalk. Anything and describe in as much detail as you can. Now that right there is practicing bearing witness. And the second step is to then look inward. Whatever feeling is moving through you at that moment, when you witness, when you are observing, it could be contentment, agitation, curiosity, tenderness, or vulnerability. If you can take that one step further and create something from what you bear witness to, excellent. Carl Jung coined the term shadow, and as you see, we all have aspects of our personalities we are aware of and ones we keep at bay or are not conscious of. And it's perfectly normal to have these parts of self that need integration, quite human. And once again, being wholly present, bearing witness, is yet another way to invite your shadow to step into the light. In the words of Carl Jung, The shadow is a moral problem that challenges the whole ego personality, for no one can become conscious of the shadow without considerable moral effort. To become conscious of it involves recognizing the dark aspects of the personality as present and real. This act is the essential condition for any kind of self-knowledge, and it therefore, as a rule, meets with considerable resistance. Indeed, self-knowledge as a psychotherapeutic measure frequently requires much painstaking work extending over a long period. 
One aspect of integrating the shadow is healing our psychological wounds from early childhood and beyond. And as we embark on shadow work, we begin to understand that much of our shadow is the result of being hurt and trying to protect ourselves from re-experiencing that hurt. We can accept what happened to us, acknowledge that we did not deserve that hurt, and that these things were not our fault, and reclaim those lost pieces of ourselves. The shadow is an unexplored and untapped treasury. One must look lovingly at the enemy within oneself and begin the move through theory to self-understanding. Our dark sides are part of who we truly are. By uncovering and embracing our shadow side, we then become whole. Please subscribe, rate, comment, and share this podcast on iTunes, Google Play Music, Spotify, and SoundCloud. And join me next week for more interesting discussion and check out the last episode on Finding Balance.